0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Earlier this week, uh, there was an NDP motion in uh House of Commons uh, passed by the way, unanimously, basically asking uh, for uh, the Parliament to condemn uh, the group the Proud boys, the uh, well, what many people consider a neo-fascist group uh, and put them as a terrorist group. and initially thought, okay, that's fine, you know we need to have that discussion and it has certainly been front of mind for many of us after what we saw January sixth with the uh, at the Washington Capitol building and the uh, the rush and the insurrection that went on there. Uh, which by the way we told included the Proud Boys and a number of other uh, neo-fascist groups uh, so it was un- not unnecessary and not unexpected that uh, it was going to happen here in Canada, that we were going to have that debate. But there was some pushback on that, as you know. Uh, we mentioned to you yesterday that uh, Global News has discovered and we're talking to some security experts that uh, that's not the way it's supposed to happen, that uh, that there is a political process uh, that has to occur, and, and Parliament themselves cannot start naming who's a fascist group and who's not. But what it has done, it has uh, brought an awful lot of people to the table about this discussion. Uh, Jonathan Cable wrote about in the national post the other day and uh, in the piece uh he uh took exception to a number of the things that were written uh, by barbara perry uh, barbara perry is the director of the center on hate bias and extremism at the ontario tech university uh and she was using a figure a couple of different times now in some of her uh, literature of about 300 different groups uh that uh, she feels uh were all along this group and that we needed to pay attention to uh There's been some pushback about uh, Mr. Kay's article about this, uh, including from Dr. David Huffman, who's Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of New Brunswick. And uh, he joins us on the Bill Kellis Show to talk about this. Uh, Professor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could join us today. It's
1: my pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me.
0: I I read Jonathan Kay's piece at the time, and I thought, well, as Jonathan usually does, he's uh, he's poking the bear a little bit and trying to get at a few things. But uh, I I, I share your feelings that uh, he seemed to target instead of the topic about the neo-fascism and the groups that are around here, uh, more importantly, seem to spend an awful lot of time uh, criticizing uh, some of the work that uh, that has been going on in this, particularly uh, some of the writings of Barbara Perry. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, well,
1: um, Jonathan Kaye, as you said, can be contentious at times, and uh, I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But uh, in this case, I think that uh, he's engaging in a number of logical fallacies and misrepresentations of Dr. Perry's arguments. Particularly, he, he has a number of straw man arguments um, and um, uh, other logical fallacies that are known as slippery slopes, that are just rife in his uh, in, in his article. And, and essentially, this is the kind of of thinking I would expect from uh, you know a first year undergraduate student who uh, never attended class and didn't re- read the syllabus. It, it, it's it's more vitriolic and and uh, opinionated than, than based in anything in fact, and, and I'm happy to discuss with you exactly what those points are.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those because I got the the feeling as I, as I read it and reread it. Of course, when I found out that you're going to be joining us today, and thank you for this, uh, that that. He was he was almost in a defensive mode, uh, suggesting that too often uh, what he considers to be conservative groups, uh, and some people might consider to be hard-right conservative groups, are being labeled in, in the same category as groups like the Proud Boys and, and, and Sons of Odin and things of that nature. And, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that was the sense I got from it.
1: No, that's, that's right on. That's one of the straw man arguments that I wanted to talk about. Uh, essentially what what has happened here is, is pretty common with people who um, write for populist and, and uh, uh more the more further of right than con- the the mainstream conservative audience but he's essentially um, taking some sort of uh, of uh, he's twisting the definition that dr Perry uh uses in the sense that um uh, Essentially, placing her 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 definition in a, in a way that makes it uh, open to apply to your everyday conservative, and that's that's just blatantly false. Uh, what's happening here, and, and what I found interesting is, um, I mean, the the implicit argument that Mister K is making is that he thinks that um, uh, the average conservative in Canada is uh, shares many similarities with the far right as. Described by Dr. Perry like white supremacy, white uh, uh, anti-immigration, exclusionary nature. I, I would beg to disagree. I mean, the vast majority of uh, conservatively leading, uh, leaning Canadians are, are law-abiding and, and perfectly pro-social, and and uh, I mean, we're all entitled to our political opinion. But this this here reads to me almost more like a, a an, an apologist or uh, or a um, uh, a, a defensive stance where, where there's some sort of projection on mr key uh mr
0: key's part well there and, and that's, that's part of the discussion i guess we're going to have to have it you know if we're going to talk about this and i i kind of felt even the discussion in parliament the other day kind of got off the rails with, with the ndp motion mm-hmm. simply uh because it seemed to be a little bit too broad based and and we need to be specific about things like that but uh you know there's so many examples that came to my mind uh, about this and you know I agree with you totally in, in this context that anybody can hold conservative views maybe you know extreme conservative views but that doesn't necessarily put them into the same category as this Absolutely. there are some times though where I feel some of those conservatives cross the line uh, you know the, the anti-ethnic snitch line that uh, that Kelly Leach proposed some years ago that mm-hmm. a number of conservatives seemed to gravitate toward uh, was problematic and, and I and others spoke out about that at the time and got vilified by some of the right wing Media types for that, and that's fine. That's that's the you know the, where they want to go with that. That's their business. But I don't think that there were too many, if any, people that automatically said, "Well, that's what all these conservatives are like." I don't think so at all.
1: And that's not what Dr. Perry is doing. And this is where the strawman argument comes in. Uh, by no means, uh, Dr. Perry, who, if I'm going to be forthright, is a frequent collaborator with me. We share the same um, uh, operational definition of right-wing extremism. Um, first off, uh, Mr. K is talking about Nazis and neo-Nazi movements, who are even on uh, the further end of right-wing extremism. Um, so when he's criticizing the, the broadness of Dr. Perry's definition, or the, or the definition that I agree with, he's uh, misrepresenting what we are trying to analyze. We're, we're not exclusively focused on the right uh, the, of the, the right of the right of the right to the right. They are absolutely within our purview. But we're also focused on those elements, and he brings this up in, in, as criticism in, in, in later on in the uh, his article, but we're also focused on those elements that have the potential or are actively encouraging or inciting um, situations where violence might occur or there is going to be social harm to uh, Canadian society or significant social harm. So he's, he's misrepresenting what exactly Dr. Perry is looking at and quite unfairly. And obviously, um, we we, uh, we as social scientists and Dr. Perry as a social scientist, we're trying to avoid what's called a net-widening effect. We, we absolutely don't want to get your law-abiding uh, um, Canadians who have conservative views. This is analytically unhelpful. And by no means and nowhere in any of her publications or any of my publications or any right-wing extremist scholars' publications do we state that we want to incorrectly get these uh, uh, law-abiding Canadians into our into our study samples
0: is it, that's a mistake though a lot of people can make I, I guess when they get into this and, and you know especially maybe those who maybe you don't have a, a, a fuller understanding of what's going on here uh, and I know that in the PC talks about people on the other side too with Antifa uh, mm-hmm. and intends and, and to do a characterization of them but uh, I, I'd like to think that most of us in this country anyway professor are gonna look at something like, uh, like the Proud Boys or uh, some of the anarchists on the far far left side uh, but we can say yes, this is going to be a concern, and this is a discussion we need to have. But uh, you know, we should not be painting everybody who's on that side of the spectrum. I mean, it's 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 like everything else. There are degrees here, and anybody who's mm-hmm. left of center is not necessarily an anarchist. Anybody who's right of center is not necessarily a white supremacist. Uh, there may Absolutely. be those elements way down the the spectrum, but that does not that's not all inclusive. And and I didn't get the sense that Barbara Perry was was indicating that, at least from what I read of of what she was writing, anyway.
1: No, and and I'm extremely familiar with her work, and uh, I build a lot of my own work on her work, and you're absolutely right. Uh, One of the things that that social scientists like myself and Dr. Perry um, always keep in mind is that that, uh, there's very few black and whites when we're talking about social behavior. People who view the world in terms of black and white, whether they're populist, whether they're racist, whether they're on the left spectrum, whether they're on the right spectrum – do so because it's easier to understand the world that way the world is a bunch of cause and effect but we are complex social beings and uh no one is absolutely uh the the idea of 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 any sort of social behavior being a polemic is is absurd um and trying to cast dr perry's argument as, as something polemic or something uh that unfairly uh lumps together people from uh, the grey area of of the political spectrum into one of the polls is is a mischaracterization Um, and and unfair on Mr. Case's part.
0: And I, I know that there's some concern. I think you mentioned it a couple of different times about. The, uh, what I mentioned in our uh, opening here, but the number she's referenced yeah. the number three hundred. And I think there's another time she mentioned another number that was significantly less than that. Yeah, the, the reality here, and, and, and maybe you can shed some light on this, Professor. I don't know how many of these groups there are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and and in the writings of, of Barbara Perry, she's suggesting that look, it. She's not suggesting that everybody who who throws something on social media. Is necessarily a member of these groups; they may hold those views, right, right. but they may, you know, maybe be just doing it on their own. The rogue, such as it is. Uh, mm-hmm. But with that as it may, I think the, we have to balance that mindset. And I, I don't disagree with what she's writing, with the other element that I think a lot of us are, are now coming to the realization that, that 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 mindset and some of these groups are a lot more ingrained in our society than we might be aware of. And we've seen this time and again. You know, we we were shocked when Timothy McVeigh blew up the building in Oklahoma City, and we started. Mm-hmm understand that that's part of a paramilitary group Uh, we were shocked a couple of months ago when uh, when the the attempted uh, kidnapping of the the governor of the state of michigan uh, was thwarted and we understood those people were involved in that and again from those views so they are out there and i think if we simply say look at these are just one-offs these are just some crackpots uh, we do that at our own peril
1: i i completely agree and the, the 300 number is um accurate and and i can um back that up uh, somewhat. Uh, as the article uh, stated pretty clearly, uh, Dr. Perry is uh, uncomfortable and, and rightfully so with releasing the list of names until the uh, project is uh, finished, which is again going to be in the spring or summer because context is important. And it's exactly because of the the reason that, that you just talked right now. It, it, it's uh, people people um, will misconstrue or, or misunderstand what why a group was included while another group wasn't included unless there is some sort of contextualization. And that number 300 is, is um, as I mentioned, pretty darn close, and, and I'll, I'll give you uh, a comparison. So I just published uh, recently, and you had me on your show recently, talking about right-wing extremism in Atlantic Canada. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm involved in the larger project that Barbara Perry is citing as well, but uh, the Atlantic-Canadian portion of the project is a little bit more uh, ahead of the curve in terms of, of progress than, than the rest of the data collection. Uh, in a pro- portion of the country where there's roughly uh, less than 2.5 million people, so not even like 5 to 7% of the country uh, country's population, um, there are 42 unique groups that I identified here. And I, I have that list. If Mr. K wants to contact me, I'll share that list with him. I mean, if I were an alarmist or Dr. Perry was an alarmist, and uh, neither one of us are, uh, we, we could say, okay, let's extrapolate that. And uh, if, we, if we correct for the rest of the population of Canada, that number should be 800. It's not, because, again, of that, that crucial idea of context. There's, there's certain socio-political factors in Atlantic Canada. There's so on and so forth. But in one of Canada's least populous areas, we have 42 unique groups. That's telling. Um, and, and it's not even uh, the, the hotbeds of right-wing extremist activity in Canada tend to be B.C., Ontario, and Alberta, and Quebec to a certain degree, but they have their own brand of right-wing extremism. So it, this is even in an area where that hasn't been recognized as one of the hotbeds of right-wing extremism. So that 300 number is is um, very close. Uh, and I also want to drive home the point that this is a conservative estimate. Keep in mind that, that we're not omniscient. Uh, we don't, we can't detect every single group out there. The groups, these are the groups that are vocal. These are the groups that post on social media. These are the groups that go out and engage in protests. So these are just the groups that we're seeing. So believe it or not, 300 is a conservative estimate. So it, it uh, in terms of in terms of group numbers, um, uh, it, it's accurate. And and, and again, uh, Mr. K seemed to be affronted by the fact that dr perry wouldn't share her data well we will share the data we will we will have this report published in the fall so patience
0: how difficult is it to quantify things like that it's I mean, with some of these individuals some of these groups that we have learned some of, have some knowledge of recently anyway uh it's not as if they have a membership card or anything i mean you know they, right. they, they, they simply gravitate to that movement and 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 they feel that yeah i'm part of that group now and it's it's, it's got a I would think, be difficult to ascertain exactly who's aligned with who here. It's
1: extremely difficult, which is why uh, when we engage in the data-gathering process, we stick very close to our definitions, and we err on the side of caution. The problem with the, the right-wing extremist movement, too, is it's it's very fractious, and it's, um, these groups tend to uh, break up and reform. Um, well, there's a, lot of, there's a are, lot of
0: cross-pollination here, too, isn't there?
1: Absolutely. Uh, there's there's nothing saying that people can't be uh, cross members of groups. Uh, we're a little bit more uncertain when it comes to the number of individuals, but we haven't gone on record saying you know there are. We, we have gone on record saying estimates, and and these are conservative estimates. But the the groups are a heck of a lot more easier to identify for the very fact that these they're a little bit more emboldened to share their views online and in person because of the protection of the group. It's a lot harder to stand up as an individual and engage in this type of, of vile rhetoric. So, um, the, looking at the groups as a unit of analysis, sticking to a very close and, and uh, um, useful definition uh, allows us to uh, quote-unquote lump these groups together in, into something, into a, a, a classification that's useful to us analytically. Uh, it's not an easy task, so, and I will admit that. But it's a matter of sticking close to to our, our methods.
0: Well, and I, I don't want to get trite here and start throwing clichés here, but, I mean, knowledge is power. The more that we can read about these and the more the, the information we can gather about this, uh, the better I think we can be about understanding exactly what it is that we're dealing with. And I don't know that we're there yet. Uh, I, like I say, I thought the motion that passed in Commons the other day was a little bit naive, although probably well-intentioned. I get that. Uh, but the information I, I such as... I share your a, opinion, by the way. I'm, yeah. um, I, I've gone on
1: record saying that... Uh, Designating the Proud Boys is uh, symbolically useful in the sense that it sends a message to, to Canadians that our government and we as Canadians don't stand for this. But uh, is it politi- political posturing? Absolutely.
0: Is it, sure it going
1: was. to destroy the Proud Boys? Absolutely not. They're going to reform. They're going to, they're going to dissipate. They're going to spread their ideas elsewhere under different names. So I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I think Minister Blair was quite clear about that too he su- when he suggested that this per- perhaps was, was not the way to do this. He, he was quite, I, I thought, clear and suggesting, look, I'm not saying that these guys don't deserve it. He says we know what they are, we know what we're all about, uh, the, the white supremacist aspect, neo-Nazism, et etc. et cetera. but he says it's a process that needs to be followed uh, for that to happen. And, and as some security members from CSIS and the RCMP indicated, uh, there's some ramifications, pretty serious ramifications too, and you don't want to use that sort of designation as as a political weapon. Uh, against somebody you want to make it as a societal weapon uh in an, an information piece where people can understand that and hopefully uh that motion at least will, will start that and and you know I, I i've got some concerns about what jonathan k wrote about but i i appreciate the piece because what it did is it brought this back onto the front page and and people are talking about it now and i think we need to do that uh, pushing this thing and suppressing it pretending it's not there is only going to make us worse in, in, a, in a passage of time
1: I think he could have done it a little bit more tactfully. If I'm, I'm going to be blunt and honest. I, I um, he, um, he spends far too much time, uh, I think, trying to deny that there's an an issue. I don't think it's explicit in how he writes, and, and maybe I'm, you in, in all fairness, maybe I'm reaching here a little bit. But it seems to me that part of the piece is denying that there's a white supremacist and a neo-Nazi and a far-right problem in Canada, and that's what concerned me. It's it's this kind of uh, ostrich head in the sand sort of approach that uh, he's, he's uh, sharing and, and publishing and, and that uh, probably distressed me the most um, it's undeniable that it's an issue here and it doesn't mean it, it's doesn't mean that other forms of political violence uh, aren't present and prevalent in Canada it doesn't just because there's a, a right-wing extremism problem doesn't mean that there aren't elements on the left doesn't mean that the, the Islamist terrorism the the fundamental uh, uh, vast minority of Muslims who have twisted uh, the, the purity of, of, you know, mainstream Islam into jihadist forms of violence. I mean, there's still issues surrounding those types of violence. It, it's not like they go away. But denying that this is, is I mean, even if, if if the 2017 mosque shooting happened and that was the only act of violence and only issue that cropped up in the, in the last couple of years, it's still a problem. These things, as Dr. Perry argued, uh, these things don't emerge from social vacuums. They emerge from, from, sorry.
0: Yeah, I was just going to suggest, yeah, we're we're pretty tight on time here. Just, we turns out there, and it's it's an. I, I love getting involved in this because it's a very important discussion to have. But uh, you know, we we do, uh, to your point, I think just to wrap this up, uh, I have to be cognizant of the fact that you know you can't look at uh, for, as you mentioned Islamic terrorism and say, okay, all Muslims are like that, or that uh, you look at right wing terrorism and 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 say, well, all conservatives are like that. I I don't Absolutely. see that uh, as a, as a common opinion among people, and uh, and you know maybe that's where we have to be begin the conversation, or in our particular case, I guess, Professor, I end it right now, because we are tight for time. I, I, wa- I look forward, by the way, to, uh, to your work and, and uh, Barbara Perry's work on this, and uh, I guess in a couple of months, we're certainly going to do a follow-up on this, and I'm sure that uh, maybe even <laughs> Mr. K may write about it again, too. Thanks so much for this. <laughs> you uh, always a pleasure. Take care. Dr. David Hoffman, of course, from the University of New Brunswick. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.